Hello, this is Jill Renee Feeler, and this is podcast number 225. I'm doing it as a pre-record because I leave for Greece um, with the client trip on Wednesday, and I'll be gone for two weeks. I want to do something a little bit differently today um, with this message. I want to, I don't really get challenged um, by like skeptics and like, you know, oh, you know, that's not possible. You can't, that type of thing is all fakery and like magic bullshit, there's a trick involved, or you're a scammer, or whatever. I don't get that kind of um, encounter and energy. But when I do hear somebody that I respect, and appreciate in this world, that doesn't mean I agree with them and everything. But when I hear Joe Rogan, sort of, um, I want to say, demean, or kind of like, aren't they a channeler or something like that? there's a part of me that wants to offer um, another explanation. I, I don't know why I want to do this. It's probably this message is probably not going to land on any sort of skeptics ears. But it may further support those of us that are maybe susceptible to that kind of, you know, criticism um, in our world. So Maybe we're just preaching to the choir with this one, but but I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> anyway, with everything that we share, we're trying to offer the world what we wish it knew uh, today, because obviously we hope it'll be helpful. Um, okay, so let's sort of, yeah, let's connect, because we like to offer a connection exercise. I encourage you to oh, take a nice deep breath and just relax your face. Oh. Nice deep breath. This is a space where you can be yourself, okay? As you're listening to this, just allow yourself a sense of home within yourself where you don't have to defend yourself, where you don't have to earn somebody's praise or prove your worth or value, that you're you're inherently valuable. You're loved no matter who believes in you or not, okay? where your worth is not dependent on how many Instagram followers you have, okay? That you matter and that you've always mattered from the time you were a tiny little baby, that there's a, a version of source energy, that there's a what I call God that was so happy with you and, and what you are and has always been very impressed with who and what you are and always knowing that there's amazing capabilities for what we can be in our world and wanting to support that, that those even always improving, always better sort of ways of being ourselves. So it's a, it's a way of feeling whole and complete while also feeling internally inspired for how much, how much even better could I be? How much more could I like my me? And maybe having less regard for what others think of you. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a holiday? <laughs> okay, nice deep breath. <sighs> so let's play in that space. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, that's so good. Then we're to start. Okay, so if I had the chance to sort of, and I'm going to make this chance today, right, with sort of explaining to a skeptic, I would start off by saying, and let's just pretend that I'm talking to them. I, I appreciate your skepticism. <laughs> I completely appreciate the, the level of intelligence and rationality and pragmatism that you have that cannot believe that it's possible to summon a level of wisdom and insight and revelation within yourself at will. I totally get it. And you know what? I was like you. <laughs> I, I had never seen a psychic, had never seen an intuitive. Not only had never, I never wanted to. I thought that was just complete horseshit, just nonsense, like fortune telling. I, I put fortune telling and all of that into sort of like, oh, God, what a waste of time and money. Who does that? Not me. I'm smarter than that. Okay, that was me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> So what happened, right? What happened was that I was in a situation where I was overthinking some career choices. 
And I was stressed out. I'm quite type A. I'm very thinky. Um, I really um, have a sense of pride in my intelligence and my intellect and my problem solving skills and my ability to get like really hard things done really, really well. Um, yeah, so I did strategic planning. My undergrad is in economics and finance. I got my MBA. Um, and I went through some of those hoops, right? I always thought I would, I, well, I didn't always think I had thought about, you know, going into law and uh, becoming a judge. Um, and then I wasn't willing to put the time into school. And I didn't want to go away to school where the law school was in my in and I had gone to the local university, I felt spoiled by the proximity of where I got my higher education, and how inexpensive it was. And I was like, Ooh, a law school, that's a lot of money that I would have to pay for myself. And I don't know if I need that to be happy. So I, I didn't do it. But I could have, and I think I would have done great at that too. Anyway, so that's kind of the type of person I am. Anyway, so I am type A. Um, I do take myself seriously. And I was stressed out about this thing. And I have a sister-in-law who's much more into the esoteric realm and that sort of thing. And she's like, what's going on? <laughs> and I think she was over for like a, we were hosting a Father's Day thing, I think, or something. And I said, oh, I don't know. I, you know, I got this part-time job and strategic planning that works so well because the you know our daughters are so young they're little so that works great and I have this other opportunity that this uh this woman her dad invented this technology in China and she's trying to get the business off the ground here and they need a CEO and I've always wanted to be CEO but that that's not a part-time gig um and the the income is not certain and there's just I want to do it but another part of me is just like shit uh that I could go bad. I mean, anyway, I just, I'm stressed out about it. And she said, you should go see my psychic. And that's kind of the response I had in that moment. I'm just like, that's, I just was thinking that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of as a possibility for solution to this problem. Don't you get it? <laughs> you know, you're not listening to me. That's, that's what I don't, I'm not, that's dumb. No. Why would I do that? Anyway, um, I just said, oh, hey, uh, uh. You know, thanks. I I don't think I'll do that, but thank you. And then we went on with the whatever celebration we were having that day. And I was 38, I think, years old at the time. My daughters were three and six. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then within a couple days, for some reason, I just kind of became curious. I was like, I wonder, I wonder what an intuitive would say about this. I mean, it it can't hurt. I've got the money, you know to Oh, I don't even know how much it is, but I've I've got I've got money for it. I wonder I wonder what they'd say. I've never done that before. It can't hurt. And my cost benefit brain went to it can't hurt. Um and I got curious. And Julie is very smart. My sister in law. She's I mean, she's actually brilliant <laughs> in a lot of ways. She wow. I mean, she uh majored in criminal justice in college. I don't think this woman ever got less than an A. I think she literally was a straight A student her whole life. I mean, she's amazing. And yeah, she worked in a juvenile detention center out of college. And then she helped um, individuals and she just recently retired, but she helped individuals that were needing extra assistance and, you know, being checked in on, are they taking their medicine? So, so sort of like a social worker type of um, uh, service role. And yeah, she's Julie's amazing. Anyway, so that probably was part of it, too, is I really have a lot of respect for Julie. Um, anyway, so I ended up saying, okay, who's this person? And I ended up booking a session. And I think I was able to get in like the next week or something because Julie knew this intuitive really well. And I think to classes from her and stuff. So my expectations were low, but I had some degree of openness to what is this? What is this about? You know, and I was there. Um, and she said, okay, now why are you here, Jill? And I, and I told her um, about my business decision. And she goes, okay, well, let's meditate together. And I remember sitting there going, we're going to meditate. I've never done this before. And I looked at what she was doing. And she was sitting there in front of me closing her eyes. So I sat in front of her and I closed my eyes. And um, it felt like forever. And all I could notice were my thoughts. And I was wondering what she was doing. And I was thinking, and I, I'm like, I was there 
I, I, for some reason, I was saying to myself, I don't, what if there's no one there for me? <laughs> what if she's trying to pick up like a telephone, trying to get information from me? And what if no one's there? <laughs> and I was like, that. anyway, it was weird where I was observing my mind going with this awkward sense of, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here um, in at this stage of the experience. Um, anyway, so, was, and then, and I, like I said, it felt like forever. And then all of a sudden she goes, okay. And then she had a hand recorder and, and she turned on the recorder and she started talking and she said, okay. So I see that you're here for this, you know, this business decisions and, you know, who's going to, you know, be CEO of that company and that you may want that and these other things. And she said, but, but Jill, what I'm getting is that anyone can be CEO of that company, but only one person can be the mother to your children. And for as smart as I thought I was, I didn't feel very smart <laughs> in that moment. She was 100% right. She wasn't a psychic trying to guess my future. She was an advocate for my me, seeing something I wasn't seeing. It was amazing. And it was perfect. And it was just like, oh my God. And I think I cried then just like I'm crying now. And then we talked about a lot of other things. I mean, she was just like, you know, um, we talked about a difficult relationship with my sibling and she helped me to sort of have an energetic, I guess, detachment from her. Um, I'm the youngest of three girls, but if you look at sort of how the how the youngest one is supposed to act, I act more like the oldest child. Um, I feel responsible for everybody. I'm always hoping everybody gets along and doing what I can to help everybody get along. And my oldest uh, sibling has they they've had a hard life. I mean, just different things not going well, and and school wasn't easy for them, and socially there were some challenges, uh, you know, early on in her life and. Uh, she's amazing. I mean, she's, she's a great person. And I always felt like I could help her be a better her. And she wasn't asking for her little sister to be that for her, but she was willing to receive, you know, my financial benefit if I, you know, if they had a house fire or whatever. And I was like, okay. Um, anyway, there was just things where I was like, I can help financially. And oh, you know, you have another baby, let's, you know, maybe you need a house cleaner for a month, and I can help with that. I can pay for that. I was always wanting to try to make her life better. Um, and I was realizing that it was actually causing me a lot of strain in my life, because I felt personally responsible for my oldest siblings well being. And that's not healthy for me. Now that I have my own family and that sort of thing. So some sort of detachment and perspective of, wait, no, she's her and you're you, and you're not responsible for her. You're not. And it, there was that sort of experience of the, of the session with this beautiful, amazing intuitive. Um, what else was there? There were a lot of different things. The other one that, that I wasn't asking for and didn't know to ask for, she said, you are a deeply spiritual being. And I was just like, I don't know what you mean by that is what my brain was thinking, right? And she said, you're very connected to this, the story of and the, the I think she just said the story of, of Jesus and, and Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. And when she said Mary Magdalene, I, my, my knowledge and brain went the prostitute. Um, I knew so little at that, at that time of my Jill, it wasn't my world, right? And I just was like, well, you know, some of the other things she said have been, you know, bang on and super helpful. So maybe she's right about this part, too. Maybe there's a whole nother side to me that I don't see that they didn't talk about in business school when I was getting my MBA, that that my choices of who and what I was as Jill didn't allow for these other layers. So it was just a whole like, holy shit kind of moment. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. 
So I left her office feeling completely different about myself. I felt so clear. I felt like I was a deck of cards and I got reshuffled. And I was so happy to get home and, you know, pick up my younger one from daycare and pick up my older one from her school. And just so I felt so close to to my children in a way that I think I didn't prior to that session. I, I felt the the sacredness of my role as their mother. And that didn't mean I wasn't, you know, a successful business person and capable of, you know, an intelligent, you know, uh, projects and, you know, complex things getting solved and strategy, business strategy, or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the ability to do calculus and econometric analysis. I mean, that part didn't, wasn't at the, it wasn't like, oh, now I don't have that anymore. That was, I added two with another version of relevance and priority of what I would have wished, I think, and what I was embarrassed to admit to myself wasn't a top priority. And I said it was, but it wasn't on a personal level. I was prioritizing being a CEO and accomplished in business more than I was feeling a sense of blessing in the role that I had of being the only mother my daughters have in this life. Okay, so newfound respect for someone called an intuitive, <laughs> F yeah, and I couldn't have had that had I not experienced that. So are all intuitives like that? No, they're not. But that, that intuitive was exactly what I needed her to be in that moment. So for those of you that are like, that's not real, that doesn't happen, there's, th- there's no value in that, that's, that's a waste of money. Have you had an intuitive session like that from someone like her or someone like me? Because I don't think you know what you're missing. I don't think you can see what you can't see. So your dismissing it is, I think, stupid. I think you're demonstrating your lack of intelligence for not recognizing that there is another level of possibility for not only what we can individually be as humans, but the level of wisdom and support and perspective that someone else with a connection that was not based on, you know, a therapy degree or a psychology, you know, medical, you know, medical psychiatrist or something, they don't have human training as the in this. They have a gift that's beyond this world that they demonstrate to their clients every single day. And the vast majority of the world looks at it and says, that's not possible. That's pretty arrogant to say that when you have no idea. But I get it. I get that you don't know what you don't know. But I, I respect your confidence, but I think you're making a big mistake. And in the process, you're dismissing those of us that are really out there on the fringe, out on a limb, taking great risk to our personal sense of credibility. And um, we're risking our, we're putting our normalcy at risk of, you know, how our neighbors look at us, how somebody, you know, judgment from people like you. Um, I just, I'm, I, I'm indifferent to it because I know better and I understand you and I get that you don't get it. Um, I don't need you to get it. I don't need you to validate me. But I know now from the inside and that led to my own giftedness revealing itself. And the first time I ever did, I mean, the reason I was in the psychic development workshop was not because I was into woo-woo. It was because my daughters were demonstrating telepathy. Telepathy. I'm like, what? the hell they're like she just read my mind she just said the word I was thinking of and she doesn't know that word and then I put it to the test and I thought in my thoughts I love you so much Georgia and that child leaned into me and gave me a hug as if I said it out loud do I know that from a five human sensory way that that is impossible yes I do 
but I can't and I won't invalidate my experience, my data. Can I prove it to you with a scientific method that we presently use on this earth? No, I know I can't. I don't need to. I'm living it. So for for someone like you that's a skeptic that is questioning whether it's real because you don't believe it, I, I just think that's silly. I think it's funny. And I think it's sad. <laughs> because I help people like you every day <laughs> in my work, right? So here's what's been really cool about since this is my background, you know, my dad was a pharmacist, my mom um, didn't go to college, but she's very intelligent. And she made it and made it in the realm of business as in she made it to the level of HR director, right? Just I have smart parents. um, But we didn't come from like a a fancy family. Nobody, we don't have a a pedigreed name. Um, We didn't go to fancy universities. My dad went to South Dakota State University for his uh, pharmacology degree. Um, I went to Boise State University. So we're not like we're not you know, like, Oh, I went to the school. We're not, I don't, we're not elite at all, (laughs) at all. Um, But I value education and all those things. And because of my background, I wasn't, I wasn't a skeptic as much uh, in a way I was, but I was mainly just a non-believer. I just didn't think that stuff was possible. Because of my background and my story kind of, and because I'm really good at what I do as an intuitive, um, I, my client base includes MDs, PhDs. I've had a couple priests that were clients and came back. Um, and I loved what came through for them and the support that came through for them. And they weren't pedophiles either. <laughs> That's probably bad humor right there. But anyway, um, yeah, I have a very amazing client base that includes those that are, you know, their parents were like shamans and my, you know, those stories of other people that have intuitive gifts like mine that, well, my mom was a shaman, my dad was an astrologer. I mean, they've got such different stories than mine. My background is so mainstream. And there's part of me as Jill that is still very mainstream. um, And very practical and very pragmatic. And Ayn Rand is still one of my very favorite authors. Um, yeah, I Atlas Shrugged, man. I wanted, if we, my husband and I initially didn't want, we didn't think we wanted to be parents. Um, we got married in 93 when we were both 23 years old. Actually, no, my husband was 24. Yeah. Um, so we met at TCBY, the country's best yogurt. <laughs> when I was a senior in high school, he was a freshman in college. We both were going to the local university then. We decided we did not want to get married until we both got jobs out of college. And that worked out fine. We both got jobs out of college. And he was in public accounting and I was in banking as a financial analyst. We got married. We built our first house because we lived at home during college, saving money. Um, and then making good enough money where we had enough money. We never rented. Um, so anyway, things went well for us. We were very lucky and we made great choices and worked really hard at things that paid well. Um Anyway, so where was I going with this? Oh, I have a very mainstream background and very successful in what I did. Um, anyway, and then I left by choice. Uh, at one point in my career, I was working part-time, like we were talking about before when I first met that intuitive. And I was working part-time at a startup company that was paying me really, really well. I ended up not becoming the CEO of the other one. And within a year or two, I think of seeing that first intuitive, my husband got a promotion And we looked at the finances and we were like, you know, I don't have to work anymore. If we, if we agree, what do you think? And we looked at the numbers and we crunched them and we're like, oh yeah, I don't have to work anymore. That decision was prompted partly on my husband's promotion at that time. And also my employer at the time was wanting me to come back full time. Um, They were like, we need you more for the strategic planning analysis and marketing support that you offer. We need your job in a full time role. And I didn't want to do that. So rather than saying yes to full time, I said, no, thanks to any of it. (laughs) And I left. Um, Anyway, so that was the beginning of me having more free time for my daughters when they were young. They didn't my younger one didn't need to be in daycare. Um, I think, I think, yeah, anyway, and anyway, just open up a lot of possibilities. And then I was free to do more of this hobby of me being an intuitive. Oh, the psychic development workshop. Okay, this is going longer than I wanted. But if you're still listening, then hey, here we go. Um, So I signed up for the psychic development workshop 
at, when I was still working as the part-time strategic planner at this company called Memjet, M-E-M-J-E-T, Home and Office. Great company. Kia Silverbrook, absolute genius. Look him up. Kia Silverbrook, legit genius. And our company was based on his technology, and he was one of the, um, I think, owning partners or founders or something. Anyway, um, so I was at the Psychic Development Workshop. It was a Sunday, like from four to six, I think two or three Sundays in a row. I was there to learn about what my daughters were demonstrating, like I said, in terms of telepathy and these sort of twilight zone sort of experiences that were actually, I had actual experience and evidence in myself. I wasn't led to read about others' paranormal experiences or telepathy or ESP. I wasn't, that wasn't my path. I wasn't, I didn't care (laughs) about what other people were experiencing. This was my world and I was in it and it was like, this is happening. And it was curious and it wasn't scary. It was kind of cool and kind of exciting and I wanted to know more. And there's nothing like your child reading your mind uh, to motivate you to get your mind clear, (laughs) right? Like, okay, if your child could is demonstrating their ability to read your mind. You want to be really clear about what you're thinking. Um, Yeah, anyway, so I did learn to meditate and those sorts of things. That took a while as a type A, but it was worth it. Anyway, so I'm in the psychic development workshop and uh, the the finale, I think it was the third of the the three nights that we were together, um, the teacher kept looking at me really like curiously, like he knew something that I didn't know again like the first intuitive anyway um so he just kept watching me and from the very first time I I did his method which is psychometry you're holding somebody's jewelry we didn't he had a great system we didn't know who's who brought what but he told us kind of to bring two things don't bring a watch bring a ring bring a necklace whatever yours or someone else's that you can answer questions about and I went up there and I grabbed this ring and we went back to our our chairs and he said okay not right then he taught us you know to do this and do that and write down everything you're getting and don't think and I was like don't think that's what I do best um but I was there and I was willing and I'm an overachiever so I was like okay let's see what happens when Jill doesn't think and I hold on to a ring and I close my eyes and I and I just write down through free association everything I'm getting well apparently I'm really good at that um yeah, I just feel that in my heart. Um, I had a page of information. And what I realized is I had a very different experience than most of the people in that class. Um, there were maybe eight to 10 of us, if I remember correctly, in this class. And we were taking turns, you know, people would raise their hands, okay, I'll go. And, you know, there were some people were sharing like, I, I think I saw a white picket fence. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. And the teacher would say, well, what is the white picket fence to you? I don't know, maybe they have a white picket fence, do you have a white picket fence? You know, just, you know, they acted like they had never done it before because none of us had done it before. But then I said, can I go? And he said, yes. And I said, and I was the only one that did this. I said, can I say whose ring this is? And everybody is just watching me. Like, who is this? And he goes, yes. And I said, and I knew it like a laser focus. I was like, it's your ring. And I looked right at her fellow student in the class and she nods her head. Yes. And her friend, one of her best friends is with her and her best friend is all into is very metaphysically minded and well-versed. And her friend is just like, Oh my God, you know? Um, so I, I, then I just started going through what I had and I listened. I mean, I'm a great student. So when he said, some of you are going to feel symbology. So you could just say what that is, but you could also go to the next level and say what that means to you. And that's what I did. So at one point when I was holding this woman's ring, I felt um, almost like a clear sentient or clear cognizant sort of way. I felt roller coaster. So I didn't say I saw a roller coaster. What I said was, I think you've had a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. Because that's, and I got goosebumps just as I said that, okay? It was as if I had been giving readings my whole life. I had never done this before. As we got through more and more information, there was one point in the, like, you know, newbie rookie reading where I said, um, I felt like pain in my right hip. Do you have, do you have something wrong with your hip? And she goes, no. 
Now, the teacher knew what was going on, and he helped me out. He said, okay, uh, Jill, hang on a second. What do, you, what do you carry on your right hip? And I think someone else in the class said laundry, and, and, and I was like, is it laundry? And she, he, goes, he goes, no, and no. And he looked at me, and he said, what else does a woman hold on her hip? And I immediately said, baby. And I said, and it hurts. And I said, <sighs> I looked at the woman whose ring it was and I said, did you lose a child? <sighs> yeah. What happened is she lost two children. She miscarried. And I can't remember how that came up. She was in this class trying to communicate with her son that had been murdered five months before. So on my notes, there's this really interesting little box of a different, for some reason I wrote a box around it. I drew a box around it, sorry. And I, I had tiger and I was like, there's this other information. I started, I went back to the sharing and what the woman whose name was Paige was I think she ended up talking to the teacher named David, and, and I think David said, now Paige, do you agree that that last part that Joe was talking about was about Brian? That was the son that had been murdered. I'm crying. She's crying. I have no idea why I have this emotion and why I'm getting this information. All I know is it's right, and she's validating it. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And everybody in the class is just looking at me like, I thought this was the beginner's class. Who is, who is she? What is she? Right? Who is this Jill? Right? So I, was it about that class? Is that class? No, it isn't. The magic isn't in the class. Nobody else had the response that I did. I ended up having clients that also took those classes. Lots of them. They didn't have that connection. Somehow I did. Am I just supposed to, pre to pretend that's not real because I can't prove it to someone like you? A skeptic? <laughs> That's not the choice I made. I know I can't prove it to a skeptic, but to somebody that's open to this being a possibility like I thank God was with my first intuitive reading, I am a better Jill now. I didn't lose IQ. I probably gained IQ. I added to what I already was. I didn't do it like some New Agers do where they had to throw out all the other ways that they were themselves and leave their families and go on a spiritual quest. That, that isn't how I interpreted any of it. I felt like I had a superhuman skill that I would not, could not, did not want to deny, that I wanted more of because I left that night feeling more I want to say helpful, relevant, real than anything else I'd ever done in my life, ever. So I decided to take that experience and go, holy shit, oh my God, they didn't teach me this in MBA school, but this is also real. I don't know what all this is, but I know what just happened in terms of the experience it offered for me, for this other woman and all these things. Okay. So I kept going, I, I remained curious about well, what else I can do. What if and I mean, I, I was the one that, you know, sent out, I think that the teacher said, now, some of you guys may want to get together after the class is over and practice. <laughs> some people do that, right. And, and I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to see what else I could do. <laughs> so I I think I was the one that set up a sign-up sheet and name, email, phone number, and who wants to get together again after the class is over. Um, that class, like the first intuitive, was exactly what I needed to help me see me in a way that I don't think this world otherwise could have shown me. Yeah. Okay. So we did get together and 
and I think it was me always in the in that little group of us that wanted to get together after the fact that um, was like, well, what if we don't need jewelry? Uh, what if we can use pictures? What if we don't need pictures? What if they don't need to be there? What if it's over the phone? I mean, so I was constantly like, what if I do it this way? Huh, it still works. What if I do it this way? Huh, it still works. Um, and I practiced on anyone that would let me do a reading for them. Um, and I... So in that in that little group, right, we would bring people in that wanted to get a reading, and we would all read them. <laughs> they were quite brave to do that. <laughs> um, anyway, and and it, there were there was enough good information. I wasn't trying to validate all the information because what I realized is some of the things that you offer can't be validated, but can feel right or can feel helpful. Sometimes people memory people's memories are wrong. Um, so I'm not Jen Ed, uh, John Edwards. I'm not trying to, you know, guess the name of somebody's grandfather. Um, I realized I have what's called the gift of mediumship. I realized that the way that I connect with somebody's loved one is not as they were. It's as a version of themselves at a soul level. Um, I, I, apparently that's unusual. I don't know. And again, I didn't come into my gifts through this world. I'm not... I'm not an experienced recipient of mediumship or channeling or intuitives or psychic. I, I came in from an outsider saying, oh, I guess I can do this too. Let me, let me offer myself because I liked it. Um, and then I realized with some of the, some of the messages I was giving, um, you know, these sample clients that sometimes I had ideas and wisdom I just wanted to share with the world. Um, so it would be like, oh, ah, yeah. So sometimes I, I get ideas and I write them down and then I'm on Facebook and I came across, you know, roomy quotes and I'm like, God, that feels like something I could write. Um, so I'm not a student of roomy, but I felt the similarity between the truths that I was accessing within myself that are offered in the world attributed to this man that was, you know, from, I don't even know what era roomy was from. But I felt a sense of kinship and peer. I felt like a peer to somebody like Rumi, to somebody like Yogananda, to somebody like Yeshua. I felt like Jesus was my brother. And I, as a former Christian, I, you know, I think the first reader, Lelele, was right, was right, that there was a part of me that I felt so blessed in my life that I sought out Christianity because I am from a, we have a, a loose Christian background as a child. We would go to Presbyterian church, you know, on Christmas, that kind of thing. Um, and I didn't go through confirmation. Anyway, it's just a very loose structure. I wasn't programmed in, a, in Christianity or anything. But as a, you know, 23-year-old feeling incredibly blessed coming out of undergrad, that my life was going the way it was, I, I wanted to, to give praise was my way of looking at it to, to, to God. And I would listen to very Christian radio and those sorts of things. And then at once, at some point in that experience, and I just remember feeling like, I don't think this is, I don't think the God of this and the way that I was interacting with some very devout Baptists and, you know, they were talking about like, well, you know, you've received, you know, the washing of your sins of Jesus. But then they kept walking around talking about their sins and their testimony and, and that kind of thing. And I'm like, but you you didn't let him wash that sin because you keep dragging around everywhere. So if you're really going to accept the blessing of what you say Jesus did, then it seems more authentic to actually not talk about the sin anymore. But they still, they were, and anyway, so I recognized some hypocrisy in, in the, the application of Christianity and the teachings that felt off and really unfortunate. <laughs> um, so I started being like, well, okay, I, I definitely believe in a higher power and I definitely believe in what I would call God. Um, but I do believe in, in a, a power of goodness too. So atheists that are like, you can be good without God. I agree with them. You can be good without God. Um, I call it God. I call goodness God. <laughs> so that's that's my way. It's not a, 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 a man on a cloud um, with a lightning bolt. That's not how I look at God. Um, it's not a person. It's not an anthropomorph anthropomorphication. Is that anthro? Anyway, whatever that word is. <laughs> anthropomorphication, I think is the word. Anyway, I'm, I'm not that. I don't do that. Um, and I felt, a, anyway, I was more open to a more real sense of the God that I felt 
I was uh, wanting to praise and honor, not as a force outside of myself, but as a sense of honoring the goodness and our, our best possibilities of, of being ourselves in this world. Um, anyway, so that led to an openness. I didn't study Buddhism, Buddhism. I didn't study, you know, I didn't read the Tao. I didn't go on a quest. I just put down the Holy Bible, uh, evangelical fundamentalist form of Christianity for a while, while I was considering other ways of being good. Um, so I didn't try anything on. I was just open. And that's when, you know, I, was, I had the young kids and I had the business, financial, not financial, but business sort of, oh, my God, do I want to be CEO? And then because I was open, I think I was more receptive uh, to those possibilities. So then it just all kind of grew from there. I'm really good at what I do. I My MBA former, you know, version of myself from pre-2008 would be like, would probably say to me, Oh, my God, don't ever do that in public, you're going to look like a fool. Um, that's ridiculous. Even if you feel it's right, that's it sounds crazy. Don't sound crazy, you're going to ruin all the good work we've done uh, to build a reputation as this credible, intelligent um, woman known as Joe Renee Feeler. Um, I, I totally get that that would be another version of me. But I love this version of me. And I love this version of me that can look at someone like you as a skeptic with a sense of understanding and seeing your intelligence and seeing you're not wanting to look like a fool and wishing that, you know, maybe even you're wishing for me that I would stop doing this so that I wouldn't look like a fool because you don't want to be embarrassed for me. I get it. Okay. And I get that you don't get what I am and that you don't know what you think you know. And that when you're discounting and discrediting, you are speaking from ignorance. I love you anyway. I do. I, I appreciate you for what you are. I appreciate a skeptic. And I think you're missing out on a lot. And I've proven that to myself. And only you could prove that to yourself. Would I love to have a session with you? Um, would I love for you to book a session with me? Yes. But not if it's to... Not if it's to for me to prove to you that I'm good. Don't call me for that. I don't want to waste my skills trying to convince you. Um, I don't think it works like that. I think it works better the way that I saw my intuitive. I, I felt like she had something to offer and that it couldn't hurt. And I did it. And I was right. <laughs> I was more, I was way more than right about what she was capable of. I completely, she blew me away. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So can I prove it scientifically? Do I have, you know, studies that can be replicated? I, I have oodles of data. I don't know if it would pass up to the scientific uh, method. But I have amazing stories, growing number of anecdotal evidence that that would have made me go, huh, that's kind of weird. But I probably would have still discounted it as a former version of Jill. I've had clients that you know, I'm not a dream analyzer, and I'm not a big uh, proponent of dream analysis. And I think a lot of dreams are just your mind being unrestrained <laughs> when we're sleeping. Um, and so I'm not a big like a dream advocate. And I think some people's dreams have meaning and can have prophetic abilities. But I, I think dream analysis is often just pointless and not a valuable use of time. Anyway, somebody was telling me her dream, and she wondered if there was some meaning in it. And I, as the intuitive, in her session, she was the client, I reminded her of something else that was in the dream. She was talking about a tree, if I remember right. I forgot about this. I have so many stories like this, I don't keep track of them because I'm not trying to prove myself to people. I already know I'm legit. I already know I'm real. Or I wouldn't be doing this. I don't need this for the money. We have more than enough money. I, I had already quit because we, had, I, we didn't need my income. Do I make a living at this? Yes, I, I do. Well, it's extra income. My husband makes all the my husband makes the big money <laughs> for our Teslas and all that good stuff. Um, I uh, I want to talk about the charging part in a second, but anyway, um, there was a tree outside the woman's apartment. The client and she the tree was doing something, and I said I said, but yeah, you're forgetting. I'm I'm getting intuitively, and I'll say words like your team is telling me because I don't know what else to call it. You guys, it does. I'm having a conversation in myself. That's that's truth and wisdom and insights and and you know 
retelling of things that that I don't have access to as Jill. And apparently the client doesn't have access to either, which is why they're coming to me. Okay, so I reminded her based on what I was getting, quote unquote, that wait, you're forgetting Hoff said that the tree was on fire. And she was like, that's right, it was. And she was like, oh, so Hafsa's brilliant. <laughs> She's a genius. She doesn't, it wasn't, she wasn't going along with me. Like I was leading, like leading the witness in something that wasn't true. Anyway, um, okay, so there's that. Anyway, so I have, I have anecdotal evidence all day long of things like that. And most of what I offer, they don't know. So they can't, the client can't validate it. So when I've tried to explain this to my recently to my parents, longtime friends, I'm like, okay, now Joe, what are you doing? Grandma thing again? How do how what is it? And they couldn't get it, especially her husband. <laughs> he was like a he was like a market research data guy that worked at Hormel for years, really, really smart, super left brain, incredibly analytical. And he was not buying it. And I totally got it. He was listening and he was polite, but I could tell he was just not getting it. And he said, so, so what, you're reading their minds? And I, and I was like, no, no, Ro, you don't, you don't get it. I'm telling them things that they don't know. And I, and I, I kind of flippantly said, what would be the point of, what would, what would be the value in mind reading if I was telling them things that they already knew? But who would pay for that other than a parlor trick? Why is, why is that fun? <laughs> I wouldn't spend my time offering that service because I don't, who cares? <laughs> Somebody can guess what you're reading in your mind that you already know. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> right? That wasn't what the intuitive was doing for me. I didn't have that in my mind. I needed it offered to my mind so that my mind could say, oh, shit, that's right. Anybody could be that CEO of that, of that startup company, and nobody else can be the daughter to your children. So this business decision is way down the list of what's really important here, but you're acting as if the, it's the biggest choice in the world that you have, Jill. Wake up, shake yourself back to another sense of, of relevance and actual priorities of, in your life, okay? And I listened. So it's not telepathy. Okay, so somebody like Joe Rogan, I've heard him say, because I, I do, I really love Joe Rogan's podcast, especially the science based ones and the, um, yeah, the ones with, uh, oh, what's his name, Sean, the atheist that's like an astrophysicist or whatever. Oh my god, I just love it. Anyway, good stuff. I, I learn a lot. It's entertaining. I even listen to the MMA ones sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, so he sometimes makes a uh, dismissive comment about they're just trying to make money. So some people that are that are skeptical of what I do discount it even more because of the fact that I make money for intuitive sessions. Okay, here's the thing. If you go to a psychiatrist for therapy or a therapist or a psychologist or whoever to share your problems with, get advice and tips from, who would you rather go to? The person that's free or the person that's charging you $300 an hour? Most of you are admitting to yourself you'd rather go to the person that's $300 an hour. Why? There's a lot of possibilities in that answer, right? They take themselves seriously. They know they're good. Um, they know they're a professional. Um, they know they're worth it. They're, you know, that all of those things. That's exactly why I charge. Do I need the money? No. But that doesn't mean I'm not capable of earning the money and doing what I want with it, right? I'm not forcing anyone to give it a reading. Are, am I priced higher? Um, then let's see, how do I want to put this? Am I too expensive for some people to pay for? Yes. There are some therapists that people can't go to because they're too expensive or their insurance won't cover it. See, I don't, I don't operate in the insurance realm because I'm not credible science. I'm credible. I'm, I'm not according to science. <laughs> I'm very credible. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, so this option that we have for allowing ourselves to know that somebody can be legit in an, an esoteric side of sort of realm like this that and they can also make money and that just because they make money or just because I charge, because I choose to charge, 
because I want people that are going to take this seriously and take themselves seriously. The less I charge, the less seriously they will take the benefit of what I'm offering them. I'm the same way. If I want a high quality coat, winter parka that's going to keep me warm, I, you bet I'm going to look more seriously at the $400 cool K-U-H-L, I think is how you pron pronounce the brand, versus the $20 version at Walmart. I have an assumption, a, a presumption, I guess, of quality based on the price. I do. And one of my degrees is in economics. So I think I kind of, that all made sense to me that way. Right? So I charge what I want to charge. Do I feel like people are going to get way more benefit than what they're paying me? Yes, or I wouldn't be doing this. I don't need this to make a living. I don't need to be doing this at all. This, this isn't my purpose in life. I have an amazing skill and I help amazing people at things that, that matter to me and matter to them and change people's lives. I've been told, you know, a one session with Jill is like a year's worth of therapy. That's awesome. That motivates me. And I get emails from people saying, oh, my God, what, what you said in that podcast, it was like you were talking to me. I hear that every day. No, not every day, but I hear it a lot. <laughs> I hear it enough for me to keep doing this. And I love to travel and I love to offer experiences. Um, so I offer a whole bunch of things based mainly on what I know I'm good at and what I like to do. So at one point, will I say, okay, I'm done. I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to share myself in the world this way. Yeah, I don't need this. I don't need this work. I don't, I don't need you to validate me. I don't need you to believe in me. I, I believe in myself. I see me. I don't need you to see me. Yeah, so are there frauds and charlatans and fakes out there? Hell yeah, there's frauds and fakes and charlatans. I think in every profession, there's shitty lawyers, there's shitty therapists, there's, and there's a whole bunch of nonsense in this world. But to put a whole, to cast a huge net over everyone that's calling themselves an intuitive, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. I know you're wrong. You don't know you're wrong. You may never know you're wrong. But I wanted to take the time today to offer my words related to this idea of addressing possible skepticism. And I hope you got something out of it. I hope that you have a degree of openness about possibly maybe seeing an intuitive. Maybe it'll be an amazing reading like the first one I got. Um, maybe it'll be an amazing reading like the ones I give. But you're going to have to wait because, yeah, in terms of credibility and evidence, I'm booked out several months. So there you go. <laughs> okay, cheeky. A little bit right there. <laughs> okay, I'm sending my love to everyone here. I have no idea, of course, who will listen to this. I'm not trying to presume who will listen or who will get benefit. But from those that learned a little bit more about me and you were already into my work, yay. If you enjoyed it and you're still here, you must have gotten something out of it because you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you waste time? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. <laughs> okay. I love you. Bye-bye for now. I got to go. I got to get my younger one from school. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye.